Hey guys, I'm Nick. And I'm Eugene. Welcome to Papercut. This week, fuck, we're discussing Lolita by Vladimir Nobokov. Ooh. Okay, so, um, uh, wait, have you heard of the story? I have heard very vaguely, but I know of the entire subgenre of um, anime that has been <laughs> sprung up with the, well, within the same name that's named after this, so... Right, I, I think it's probably from the same thing, but yes. L- Lolita, I think, translates to, well, basically Little Lolly or something like that. Uh, just from that, you can probably guess what the story is about. It's a story of, I'm not going to say love, it's a story of obsession told from the perspective of 36-year-old protagonist, antagonist, antihero, Humbert Humbert, as he talks about and his adventures with Dolores Hayes, who he dubs Lolita. Now, Humbert Humbert is 36 years old and Lolita is 12 when they first meet. Needless to say, Humbert Humbert is a paedophile. He develops feelings and attractions for Lolita the moment they meet. Humbert Humbert originally starts his life in Europe and some shit goes down in his childhood where he basically, like, his, the love of his life when he was like 12 or something like that leaves him and he grows this obsession for like 12 year olds because of that he sees that as a gaping hole that he needs to fill Ooh. and so um, he calls he falls like obsessed with these people these 12 year olds he calls nymphets or nymphs and the moment they turn like too old he's just like nope I'm out of there I'm out of there and so he goes to America because he finds a job there and he ends up in this place. And in this place, uh, in this house that he's in, it's run by this uh, single mother and her daughter, who is Lolita. And so eventually, like, he falls uh, more and more for Lolita, but the mother falls more and more for Humbert Humbert. <laughs> and so in this sort of a weird situation, the mother forces Humbert Humbert to marry her. And... Humber Humbert was like, oh shit, I want to stay in this house so that I can see Lolita. And so he agrees. Eventually, um, the mother finds out about his attraction to her daughter, storms out and gets hit by a car, and she's just casually out of the story from there on out. And from there on, they start travelling the country together. They eventually find a school for Lolita. Lolita tries to run away. Eventually, she manages to do that. And then there is an there is an ending, and I'm not going to tell you what happens, but the ending is weird as hell as well. That is the gist of the story. I should say that when the story was written, Humbert, Humbert had already, uh, well, died in the story. Like, these are... Someone picked up his memoirs and basically recounted them like such. It's still disturbing as hell. I'll just share with you my initial thoughts on it first. Like... It, it, it's messed up. It's written from Humbert Humbert's perspective. And I love seeing the name Humbert Humbert because it's, it rolls off the tongue very well. And when you first listened to it, when I first listened to this, there were times where I was like, I could feel like my skin crawling up. It just felt dirty. Like he's describing these girls in such a way that makes you just feel sick. On, and then there are times where he's describing his hatred of certain people, and it's actually really funny. Uh, like he, he's contemplating ki- whether or not to kill this person, and he's just like, "Oh, I'm sure her her autopsy will be as eventful as her biography." <laughs> I see. I see. And it's and it's shit like that. It's it's dark humor, and 
it's written because it's written from his perspective like it's warped as as hell and you just have to start wondering like is he telling me the truth like so you know when you read a book from someone else's perspective you're always trying to put yourself into like his logical mindset however sort of like warped it maybe like did you try to do that in this book and if it did like did any of what he thought make any sense at all Yes, like thing is, he frames it very well. So that that's the big thing that you're driving at here. Like, he puts you into his mindset, and he tries at times to make himself sympathetic. Like he would say, like, "Dear reader, you must understand." Like, blah 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 blah. I did this. Blah 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 blah. And he would say that, and he would frame it in such a way that it makes himself seem like the victim. And then when you actually step back and think about it. And you actually think about the event just just from an observer point of view, you realize how fucked up it well, is. What are what are some of the things that he's done? For example, he, uh, at one point, so the uh, mother's gone at this point, and he was traveling the country with Lolita, and they end up in this hotel, and he's basically like, "Hmm, I want to rape her. Yeah, I'm going to do that." And so he decides like to put a sleeping pill into her drink. Oh. In his mind, like I have to do, I have to do this now. But then he wants it to take effect, and he goes for a walk, and he's like contemplating, like should I do it? He's contemplating like the morals behind it, and he just gets sidetracked, and it eventually ends up not happening. Throughout all this, he tries to portray himself as a good guy for not going through with it, and then you realize, hold the hell up, you still, you still spiked her drink. What the hell is wrong with you? Like, it doesn't matter whether or not you went through with it, you still did it. Yeah. It, it tries to draw you into that. And that's why it's so disturbing. And there are times where he's like, oh, you know, I'm a gentle creature. I wouldn't ever kill anyone. But multiple times throughout the show, he's like thinking of the best ways to kill people. You know, like at one point he's at this sort of lake with all his friends and he's like, if I time this correctly, I could drown this person. Just, just randomly? Um, no, I mean, he plans. He plans a lot of things in advance. You can tell that he's a calculated person. Um, I don't know. I guess just one thing that I'm wondering is like, did he ever like carry out his fantasy of doing it with a 12-year-old? Or was it all in his head? So like until the end of the book, they still never did it. No, no, he, he carried it out. Oh. He carried it out. He oh, carries okay. it out with not just the one, but quite a few. Because I was going to say, like, if he didn't carry it out, then technically he was only a pedophile in his head. Technically, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's worth mentioning that, like, he does have sexual affairs with grown women as well. He tells himself he's a good-looking guy. He says that he can get any girl he wants. And many people are just like, oh, why are you single? And throughout the entire story, he does meet a lot of women who, who just come on to him. Okay. But he just does not feel a hard-on for them. He just cannot feel a hard-on hard for them. He does carry out some of it with some girls, I, if, if I remember correctly. But that's sort of the thing as well. Like, it's an unreliable narrator, so he might have, he might not have. I he like to think he's have. Exactly. Or, yeah, no, I don't understand what I mean. Or maybe he has done it and he thinks that he didn't. Yeah. It's still so messed. It's it's just messed up in that sense. This story was meant to entertain, but it was also meant to disturb. It wasn't meant for sanitary conversation. Oh yeah, it's meant for like after a few drinks, you're like, yo, I, I read this book yesterday. Fucked up, man. Honestly, and you go on about those details. Oh, I'll, I'll say this: you have to audiobook it because the audiobook is done by Jeremy Irons. 
So imagine Scar from Lion King just reading this to you. And he has a very good French accent as well, in my opinion, and my knowledge of French accents. Mm. It's just so dark. And you can hear it in his voice. It sounds so twisted and warped. He's, he was like the perfect humbit humbit for me. Or if you're too lazy to read it, or you just think that it's a bit too much, don't have enough time, watch the movie by Stanley Kubrick. That one's a bit more visual, and you might be called up as a pedophile. That I think one. if I type in Lolita, that the film might not be the first thing that comes up. It is. I've tried really? this. I've tried this. Okay. <laughs> as, as I was doing my research. You know, I thought the this. internet was a lot more um, creepier <laughs> than that. Google sanitizes yes. everything. Of Thank course, of God. course. <laughs> but it, it got me thinking, though. Like, you know, you always hear these cases of, like, pedos, like, whether with Jeffrey Epst- Epstein, Epstein, yeah. who did not kill himself. Or Prince Andrew, who went to a pizza express and remembered that. Yeah. And also can't swear. And can't swear, yeah. And uh, it just makes me wonder, like, I've, I've actually heard somewhere that sort of this tendency to be attracted to little... Uh, people is is not like their choice it's, it's just weird wiring in your head there's wiring in your head gray matter whatever that normally makes you fall in love with people like your peer groups essentially mm-hmm. in the mind of a pedophile that's just warped up so instead of feeling that sort of caring like protective warmth for young people it kind of the wiring's messed up so that you kind of feel love like obsessive sexual love for them instead when I heard that, I was like, that's... That's really usually sad. due to some childhood trauma, right? Not necessarily. Not okay. necessarily. It's one of those things where we're not really sure. There's, yeah. not, much, there's not much science into it. I just wanted to point out two things. The first big thing is, why, why does it feel like every rich person, a rich, powerful, powerful person, is somehow a pedophile? Jeffrey Epstein and all his friends. Maybe, like, becoming rich has the side effect of re- rewiring your brain in, like, in some weird way, you know? I mean, it's, it's, that's the first thing I wanted yeah. to bring up. It's, it's weird. Like, is it, maybe it's, it's a power either that trip. or just they've tried everything. So now they want to go. Oh yeah. Get, oh, I think yeah. it's either that. I think I think that's a good one. But I mean, then also, if you think about the old days, like you look at like you know the old sculptors, like Leon- the Ninja Turtles, like so, like Leonardo da Vinci, like Michelangelo, mm-hmm. Donatello, and all them. They all had little boys working with them like 13 year old boys working with their masterpieces with them and you could tell that there was more than just you know friendly master and apprentice relationship really? going on yeah i never looked that much into it but do yeah. go on do go on yeah no like leonardo da vinci had a muse like I, I think it's what they call it like a muse sort of figure where it was a little boy it was always a little boy never a little girl just helping them do shit and i think michelangelo when he was um when he was making his David statue, it was him um, sculpting the ske- statue and his little boy just kind of pouring the water down so that it, can, it smoothens the entire statue out. And I think they, it was, it's highly suggested in the text that they had like special relationships. But what text? Um, historical texts. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't need to look up on that because I was aware there were, I guess, little rent boys for them to well not rent boys but I was aware that there were little boys to help them do their sculpturing but I didn't know that it was a there was a sinister side to it let's put it that way I don't think it's sinister it's more like was it acceptable back in those days probably it was because I mean guys it was back in those days back in the dull days right back in those days <laughs> when a lot of things were acceptable that aren't right now 
if it's true that it really is a matter of, you know, you're born into it, I'd be quite bad for pedophiles because it's not like they want to. And apparently there are cases where pedos would come out and say they like kids more than they like grown women or men, Mm -hmm. but they just can't do it, you know? And so they would tell people that, and, and then they get beaten up. They get beaten up, but it's not their fault. I mean, they would they wouldn't do it. They they tell themselves yeah. like they would never attempt to do it. They would just keep it, but they get beaten up. And I, it's kind of sad when you think about it. But also, like, what can you do? No, it's one of those big questions in life, right? Is is pedophilia like a sexual orientation? If it if it is, then if I discriminate against it, is it like hate crime? You know? Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I actually read the argument for this. So like. With a normal relation, with a normal like straight heteronormal yeah. normal relationship, you have the emotional capacity and the intellectual capacity to conceive this relationship. Mm-hmm. Same with like homosexual relationships or like whatever those kinds of like grown up mature relationships are. But then you venture into the realm of pedophilia, bestiality. Like the reason we don't accept bestiality is because the counterparty if you catch my drift doesn't have the emotional capacity or the intellectual one to grasp what's happening basically they have no ability to consent basically yeah for both pedophilia and, and like bestiality, bestiality and all the like the, the illegal ones yeah, essentially yeah. that's the argument behind it nowadays i mean the argument's always evolving because like you think back 50 years ago they'll say oh homosexuality is not it's not legal because it's not natural in the eyes of yeah, the law. Yeah, I mean, like, if you go back 50 years, it'd probably be like, those people, the fact that they like the same gender means that they're fucked in the head, which means that they can't consent to things properly. Yeah, So, exactly. you know, I mean, like, right now you have stuff like child beauty pageants and all that stuff oh anyway. So who's to say that they won't lower the age of consent because children right now are more aware of those kind of things than... You know, people their age were back then, right? Yeah. So right now you have what, like, thirteen-year-olds going out with each other, like primary school students talking about who 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 they're crushing on, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it really wouldn't surprise me if they would, you know, venture to lower the age of consent a bit more. But I mean, that's not my problem anyway. But I think they raised it. I mean, back in the old days, like you would die if, like, literally anything could kill you, disease would kill you, you'd be dead. That's why, like. It made sense for once a girl has has a first period, it's like marry her off. It made sense back then, mm-hmm. but nowadays it's like not really. I, I don't think they will aim to lower. It. I think in general the trend is towards raising okay. it, raising it in in general. But it's interesting to see where this goes because some things like you said, like child beauty pageants, still exist. But it's just a bit weird how you know you you have the society shunning more and more on this behavior but then on the other hand you have like child booty pageants coming out and it's like what do you actually want you know don't get attracted to little girls yeah yeah yeah, no that's that's pretty much it that's pretty much it personally i would recommend this book if you were really in the mood for something different something Mm. really just messed up like it's you know you won't walk out of this feeling good. You might walk out of this laughing. If you were like a normal person, you would feel more creeped out than anything else. I wouldn't highly recommend this to everyone. Is this like a revolutionary type of literature? Cause like, was there something like this being done before? Cause and, from what I'm from what I understand, this is like the first of its kind, which is why the entire genre is named after this book. Potentially, actually, potentially, I. 
I don't know if this is the first of its kind, but I've definitely seen other books. Not saying like pedophiles didn't exist before 1920... 1955. Oh, sorry. 1955. I'm not sure if this is the, the spark point, but it's, it's a book. <laughs> and it is a book, yeah. It's amazing that it's been published. I think it's been banned, but unbanned on your, all that sort of controversy. Audiobook it if you can. <laughs> all right, guys. That's all we have for today. Thank you for listening in. If you like what we do, follow us on Spotify. Just type in Papercut Podcast in your search bar or in any of your other preferred streaming sites. If you want to leave us a comment or let us know what you think, you can email us at papercut.cast at gmail.com or Instagram at papercut.cast, no caps. Or Twitter. At Papercut Podcast. One word, no caps. Look forward to seeing you guys next week for another episode. Until then, I'm Nick. And I'm Eugene. Peace. Out.